Welcome to the back yeah. to the my butt is sore. Show <laughs> that my knees are about ready to give out. I'm only, I've been sitting down for too long. Stop, boy. Keep your colorful commentary to yourself. That's a that's I'll a take advantage of podcast. My, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's not what we do here. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Geeks Cant, the home of RPG jargon and general tomfoolery. Today we're here with another creator interview, this time uh, with the illustrious Will Linth. Uh Will has, um, we're going to end up talking about a couple of different projects. Um, you're funding Twilight War uh, pretty soon on Kickstarter, but before that and kind of along with that, you've also got the party first uh, uh, system in general, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Party First was the f- the core book for mm-hmm. that game, and then Twilight War is a supplement to that. Perfect. Well, okay. before we get into all of that, uh, just first and foremost, want to say uh, welcome to our listeners and to those who are watching us live. Uh, we do a lot of these creator interviews right around ZineQuest, and this is just uh, another uh, one to add to the coffers. This one, though, uh, I, there's a soft spot in my heart anytime uh, we get to talk to a creator who has uh, their own system that they've contrived for their game. There's another level of interest for me. Um, so we're going to be excited to talk about Will's system here in a minute. Will, before we do that, can you tell us... Now, I got to say, um, when I snooped around on your Kickstarter profile and did my research on who who is Will Lentz, I saw that uh, you live right down in my neck of the woods, uh, really? which was kind of exciting. Yeah, you live... Okay, so your profile at least implies you live in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, um, yeah, that is accurate. So, yeah, so um, I lived right across the border in uh, southeast Kansas for years, and I also lived in Dixon, Missouri, which is just up the... Uh, I-44 from you a little ways towards Rolla. Oh, wow. So. Okay. I'm not familiar with Dixon, but I am curious where in uh, Kansas, because I'm originally from Neosho, which is no almost as far to that corner as you can go. Yes. So uh, uh, Parsons and Oswego. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting for There's one of you real- to go look at each other in the camera and go, brother? <laughs> brother! <laughs> Cousin Will, yeah. cousin. Uh, in in that neck of the woods, that is entirely possible. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about right. <laughs> it's a small place, um, and I knew that there was going to be a connection. Even in Spring- Springfield, was a big city uh, growing up, and but even a big city like Springfield, it's not uncommon for <laughs> two people to have ties somehow. So, oh yeah, yeah. It's it may be the Queen City, but it's still the Queen City. Of the Ozarks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, Will, tell us a little bit more about yourself, except <laughs> that you're from Springfield. Maybe uh, maybe a little bit about yourself and also uh, Party First. Just give us a background on, on Will. Yeah, sure thing. So um, the broad strokes for myself um, are that I've been a gamer for a long time since, you know, high school and whatever, but I was primarily a card gamer, competitive card games. Um, the summer after I graduated, uh, high school, I got caught up in game of Thrones, the, well, the song of ice and fire novels, 
discovered there was a card game that just launched that summer uh, and got hooked so hard by that card game. So mm. I'm, I mentioned I've done other podcasting and stuff. I've actually uh, run a podcast for about a decade that originally started about that uh, game uh, and all those ins and outs. Nice. And, nice. You know, going to the world championships for that and, and all of those, those types of things. So um, inevitably, I think when, when you've got a bunch of competitive card gamers uh, talking about stuff, anytime new cards come out or there's uh, an update to the band list or things along those lines, everyone starts playing armchair quarterback and thinking about, <laughs> Hey, you know, how could I do that better? Or, you know, what, what went wrong here? And that I think was kind of the the gateway into wanting to design stuff. Um, so then a few years ago, some of those same friends that I had from playing uh, card games had a role playing group and invited me to to get started with Fourth Ed D and D with them. Um, and you know, to make that that long story a little shorter, um, turns out RPGs are way cheaper to produce than <laughs> card games. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is how i kind of made that transition uh mm. there so uh, would you say would you say that you're this, this is a hard question when you're on a when you're when you're on an rpg podcast but uh, uh we'll, we'll forgive you if you answer this incorrectly would you say that your first love is still with board games and card games or are you uh making the transition um, I think I'm, I've been making the, the transition, um, you know, in general, it's hard to keep up with competitive card gaming, like for a long time. And I mean, and at this point, uh, that game launched in 2002, uh, and actually was officially canceled by FFG, um, a little over a year ago now. So, you know, there's fan mm. efforts to keep it going, but nothing is really like hooked me that same way uh, and with that same level of dedication role-playing on the other hand um, really captures um, a creative element. Uh, I always enjoy deck building and tweaking things and that, that type of uh, thematic stuff in card games and role role-playing games, I think bring a lot of that to the table without the need to be so, always in plugged in, you know, keeping track of the meta game and what other people are doing and that sort of thing. Uh, and brings it down to a much more manageable scale for me at this point in my life. So <laughs> yeah, I think I'm transitioning. Cool. So that kind of leads into, I think my first targeted question for you, which is I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, but um, I'm always curious when I'm always excited when we have a creator come on who uh, has designed a system. And I think it at least seems to me, or I, I get the sense that maybe designing a system probably comes from you really liking the, the meta, the, the armchair quarterback, the, the number side, the mechanic side of the CCGs. Did that kind, is that why you, when you slipped over here, you're like, yeah, I want to kind of flex those muscles or, explore that side of RPG game creation? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think that's kind of the underlying desire or familiarity maybe even that led there. Uh, but there were several other pieces overall of the situation. 
Um, in, in the core book there, my co-creator, um, Brett Zeiler, also played Game of Thrones with me and podcasted with me. He's actually one of the friends that invited me into their role-playing game group here in Springfield when I moved up here. And um, so he was also familiar with that. And I think the two of us really talking uh, things over and kicking ideas back and forth really um, inadvertently centered on that type of thing. But even um, even in that group, I said we started with D&D 4th Ed, but we tinkered with with other stuff, the Song of Ice and Fire uh, game, a little bit of Storyteller stuff, Smallville. Um, inadvertently, uh, I was connected through that group to um, Mike Curry and Rob Justice, who uh, folks might know from 7C 2nd Edition and that big relaunch yep. and, and redesign and stuff. Um, so all of those ideas kind of started um, skewing and simmering around together while we were talking. And we saw other people that we knew, you know, hammering out something that turned out to be way, way bigger than party (laughs) first, but uh, still that, that kind of gave us that, Oh, wait a minute. Hey, this, you know, we could do something sort of impetus. And uh, yeah, that's, that's why we wound up rolling with party first. Like it. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, so yeah. specifically about Party First, one of the things that I personally love, I love, I love alt history. I love a lot of like retro nostalgia vibes or kind of like my bread and butter. I've played a lot of tales, run a t- lot of tales from the loop recently, which is that alt eighties history kind of thing. So the question is, um, why choose an alt history and why choose the era specifically that you did? For the alt history instead of something that's more fantastical or further back in time or anything like that or even like you could have your own world if you wanted to, to write a uh write something for it but you chose something that was grounded more in reality just from like it's askew right from mm-hmm. from what reality actually is yeah i think askew is a great way to describe it i think in in the core book there we say kind of a dark funhouse mirror version of our reality and honestly i, th- I think I pushed for that type of thing uh, really early on because when I first started to get into role-playing, um, it was tricky for me. Um, coming from the card game background, um, there is a very um, set kind of form to the to the rules, right? And the cards that you pick out and you draw and you play and everything is very mechanical. And so when I came into role playing and I had to think on my feet in a different way um, and figure out kind of the, these logical progressions of like, what would my character do and trying to get into that mindset? um, That was, that was really tough for me to get into at first in these fantasy worlds. I mean, I've read fantasy novels for ages, um, but somehow it was harder to click about, well, what would a, you know, warlock do in this situation or whatever. On the other hand, when, when we bounced over to try out some more uh, modern settings like Smallville and uh, we played a hunter game and stuff, suddenly it became so much easier to put myself in the shoes of that character when, you know, I knew, Oh, Hey, they would, you know, go make a phone call next or they would go to the library or whatever the case may be. So I 
I've pushed for something that because we wanted Party First to be really pick up and run with it really quick and easy, um, kind of designed for one shots and stuff. And so being able to have that familiarity for new players was a big push. So, of course, the the 80s period, we we dialed it backward then because um, it is much easier to have certain kinds of conflicts and mysterious things when mm-hmm. everybody doesn't have a cell phone in their pocket every second of every day. <laughs> um, plus we're, we're kids of the eighties and that sort of thing. So we grew up on all of that fun pop culture. So that's, well, that's you, how we landed there. You, you want to play what you know, you want to run yeah. what you know, right? So for somebody mm-hmm. that grew up in that era or somebody that's interested in the era, it's like what you're taught, what you what you're saying to me about your setting and a lot of the choices that you made as a player not only it, like they speak to me from just again recently, just playing in, in that alt '80s timeline, running it as a as a DM or GM was really easy because I knew pretty much everything that happened. Whenever in, in the '80s, because I'd lived in that a lot, mm-hmm. and then my players were the exact same way. It's like, well, you know, they were, and, and it was the, all these callbacks and our own personal Easter eggs got pulled into it, and where a lot of the times some of the players that were sitting at the table. Uh, in the fucking play in D and D, I think they suffer from the same kind of analysis paralysis of yeah. what am I supposed like? What does a paladin do? I guess they fight the bad guy, right? That's what we do. <laughs> so there's not a lot of like nuance that can be built in there. Uh, whereas if you've lived it, it's easier for you to do that, and they they really like that. So I love uh, I, that's one of the aspects about this that I really love. So let me, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll go a little bit further. So you, that's the time that you, you that you chose and the kind of the setting itself, right? Um, why a, an alt version of Russia? Um, yeah, that was actually one of the other things I, I wanted to mention at, at least upfront with the alt aspect, mm-hmm. um, because we're familiar with the eighties pop culture, honestly, in a lot of ways, I feel hasn't really left the eighties. It's still very fixated on that right now. Stranger things and the like. Yeah. Um, and People are familiar with the idea of it, but not always familiar with the, the specifics. So the the alt framework, it gives us like the touchstones for people to be familiar with it, but they, they can also uh, fudge things and be a little anachronistic. I know I saw, taking the Stranger Things example, I saw folks uh, online, you know, going off on, oh, hey, that... That model, a Dodge van, you know, didn't get released to the market for right. two years after yeah. this is set and like weird nitpicky things. Like, shut up, so, nerds. You're ruining it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the the alt setting lets lets you feel free to be a little anachronistic if it helps things mm. um, and lets you not feel beholden to um, the real course of events like i don't know say some senator is possibly a you know there's an assassination plot against a senator or something and Mm. you don't have to feel like oh what real world senator am i going to pick out or you know did they or didn't they really get attacked and i just it opens up storytelling a lot more i feel yeah, one of the um, things that recently that i've seen them do that in was like the goldbergs where it's like january 4th 1980 something Right. Yeah. That's it. Don't worry about the when or the where. It's inside of this spectrum somewhere, eighty to eighty nine. Don't worry, like, and then you don't have to worry about the minutia of exactly what you're saying. 
There's no argument about when this was made, that was made, that was manufactured, this VHS came out, that Betamax was currently on the market. You don't have to worry about it. You just move, you you just, you just run, you play the game. You don't have to and there's no it's freeing. It's just in this space. Don't worry about the rest of it. It's noted, move on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that, and that was, you know, realizing that this wasn't set in something that I'm familiar with, you know, as far as Russia. Mhm. Looking, looking through the, the little sneak peek that you, you you sent to us, which is beautiful, by the way. It's yeah, really, really well done. Really, I love for like this, is this a draft? Like, this is a draft. It's like, like uh, come wow, on, man. this is really <laughs> awesome. I will. It, it, I'll pass those things on to our graphic designer. I yeah, had to. Well I, I had to make sure that the some of those pages that were taped in didn't fall off my computer screen. It was just like, oh, what's, oh. <laughs> but uh, it, it caught me off guard for me because. Because at first I kind of thought, now it's really cool. It's really interesting. Am I going to be able to immerse myself into something that, you know, growing up, when you thought of Russia in the 80s, it was a different world. You know, Mm -hmm. from, you know, people standing in line for toilet paper and, Mm. you know, just they were, they were the, the red menace and yeah, they and were all, all Ivan this. Drago and Gorbachev. Yes. Right? And, yeah. and you just had this. Th- so how, how did you, what did you do to make the, this accessible to, I mean, for lack of a better way to phrase it, your, your common American individual. Yeah. Um, I, I guess first up, I will admit that I'm sure I haven't done it perfectly, um, but we we did a, a good bit of reading there. I've got a, a couple friends actually that um, were um, deep into um, Cold War studies in in college. I I forget now if that was just an aspect of his. Uh, of his degree or what he's actually in banking these days. So it's entirely unrelated, but, uh, he was, he was a great resource, uh, and a couple other folks that, um, helped us try to, um, set a, a tone for what's going on, but also really help, um, humanize the plight that people are in. Uh, even, even at that point in, in, uh, that type of society, there were still folks that, remembered uh the old days so to speak and we're still trying to um adapt or accept maybe the uh the standards that had been put in place for this new society and so there's a there's a conflict between um the the new and the old and that was something that we wanted to help um humanize a bit for people on our side of the pond so to speak that yeah, like yeah. you are playing as citizens of the eastern block of of this world and you as player characters are not the bad guys or at least you're assumed to be relatively good to be playing the game now yeah. people above you may may have their own reasons to gain power, to hold on to power or whatever. There are definitely some dark figures in uh party first, but at, at the ground level, like they're still humans. They still have mm-hmm. these interactions and uh, a couple different mechanical things there that we were playing around with one to reflect some of the, the societal conflict with uh, the party and individual skills, but also 
um, some of the stat pools and stuff that kind of uh, play up mechanically the the issue of personal advancement, individual advancement with care of the group and the, the community as a whole. So we were pr- pretty happy overall how that came out. I got to say, I, I appreciate that response because it makes me, I like the idea of what we were taught as kids, you know, the, the stereotype that we were, that we were led to believe of, of people from Russia that they all hated us and things like that. I kind of feel like role-playing games are a very powerful tool in that respect. It puts you in their shoes and it allows you to see other cultures, other peoples and, and what, what it is to be somebody else other than Joe, Joe American or whatever it might be. That's a really cool idea. I like that. Well, the up the upfront representation of a people is not a representation, right? The mm-hmm. or the a lot of the pop culture in the the eighties, a lot of the tropes that came out of it would let you look at Red Dawn, right? Russia's all Russia wants to do is is invade us. Right? So there was just a lot, a lot of that, that that went on, and I think that even then, I think that some some folks were doing the best that they could to uh, depropagandize that kind of that kind of rhetoric. But it, to your point, Troy, like I completely agree, and I, that's why I love games that are like this. I like the idea. Like what this does is it forces me because I'm interested in playing it anyway. Is I want to know more. I'll read what's in the book, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do additional research outside of that. And it kind of it just mm-hmm. oh, it expands your consciousness about the world around you outside of your what you know and what you've been taught and conditioned to, to think about uh, about people. And that, I agree. That's a powerful tool that RPGs have. You put yourself yeah. in somebody else's shoe. And then you, if you want to do it right, you do the additional research to see how close you can get to it. But it doesn't have so, to be exact, thankfully. It's an old, right, it's no, an no, old no. history world, right? So well, we're right. calling we, all the nerds the down on you, man. For folks, that's right. We're gonna we're calling all the Russian nerds are coming in, and uh, they're gonna <laughs> they're they're gonna they're gonna read every stick, every line, and we're gonna make sure that they uh, they give you the business for it. No, yeah, but no, I if nothing else, like that's that's the thing though. It 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 poses questions. Right? Really? Really? I'll, let me go and see this, and I'll do the additional research. And maybe it's not exact, but that's okay. You may you, you cause people to, to to question, and I think that's important. That's cool. I like that. So, well, you got <clears throat> release party first. People can pick that up on drive through. Um, Twilight War Party First Twilight War is what is getting ready to launch, um, and this is uh, added classes added basically added toolkits and an expansion in the truest sense uh, for the initial book. Um, when do you expect, or when do you hope to launch uh, Twilight War? Uh, well, the Kickstarter campaign uh, we're launching on the 8th of February. So it's coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the product itself, we hope to have completed by the end of summer. Uh, I think I put September down as for, fulfillment date to give me just mm-hmm. a little extra leeway but uh yeah i think this is coming along nicely awesome and you you've got uh kind of on the preview page um you've got this listed as a 40 to 50 page uh supplement um just really uh, in my opinion my favorite type of supplement for a game uh, especially a game like this in that it 
it's covering a lot of bases, right? Like you talk about mounts, you talk about vehicle complex, you talk about a bestiary, you've got notable NPCs, you've got character classes. Like if you, and then you're also offering party first, the, the, the core book as part of this game. So um, in my opinion, I didn't, I didn't see, or I missed, or I, uh, in one way or another did not jump on the party first bandwagon. So I'm excited to get to back this in a couple weeks. And, um, you know, I'm always encouraged when a creator makes something and, and it is successful enough or they enjoyed it enough that they, they want to add to it. And now I get even more of it. So it's great. So Will, as we're rounding out here, um, couple things where would you like people to head towards if they want to know more about party first or if they want to keep an eye on will where should they go yeah um to keep in the loop on uh the twilight war campaign i tried to make that pretty easy that's going to be bit.ly slash twilight war uh on the flip side uh i'm probably as far as social media most active in the rpg space on twitter so you can find me at the underscore Gameonomicon uh, on Twitter or Gameonomicon.com, which links to, to everything on there on, from the website. But uh, that is probably the, the most direct, though I also admit it's not always the easiest to spell. So I apologize to folks for that. It seemed like a brilliant idea when I had the idea of the, the book of games, right? But, uh, <laughs> Game and Omicon, like like the Necronomicon, but just replace Necro with game. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Will. Um, definitely we'll be uh, posting what links are already available, which is like the landing page and all sorts of things um, in the doobly-doo on the podcast and um, in show notes moving forward. Um, but we'll be sure to uh, to uh, uh, promote the, the live campaign when it goes that way in February. Um, is there anything else, fellas, that we need to cover before we uh, call it good? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Get on this and join us in uh, alternate uh, Cthulian history Russia. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Will. And uh, stay tuned for the next one of these suckers coming up shortly. Thank you, Will. Thanks for having me on. Have a great game, everybody. Thanks again, Will. Everybody be safe out there. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and want to hear more, go ahead and hit the subscribe button here on the podcast feed. And while you're at it, give us a review and some stars if you could. If you want to watch one of our shows live, we record uh, just about every Sunday and Tuesday pretty consistently on YouTube and Twitch. You can find links to both of those if you head on over to the Discord or just shoot us a message on Facebook if you want. Also, give us a like on Facebook while you're there as uh, we tend to post uh, upcoming shows and notices and things like that on our Facebook feed. All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs>